Do you believe that governments around the world are working overtime to deprive you of liberty, your personal rights, and your freedoms? If you believe that, you're probably not wrong. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Just a little bit of an update. My wife and I, we are still in Florida taking care of some very important family business and visiting some family I just haven't had a chance to see in well over two years. So keep us in your prayers this Sunday. I'm preaching at a church in Vero Beach, Florida, Freedom Church, located on State Route 60, 20th Street in downtown Vero Beach. Service time is 10 a.m. I'll tell you a little bit more about that on the program today as well. I started with a question. Do you believe that governments are working overtime to increasingly deny you of your freedoms, your your rights, protecting your rights? Are they denying you the freedom you are owed? Are they truly servants to the people or are you or are you becoming their slaves? It's been obvious in my lifetime there has been this trend moving in the direction of more government control of every aspect of your life. Some of the ways they do it are subtle. Other ways they they attempt to control your life are not so subtle. Now, some of the subtle things, they, they want you to get into an electron, electric vehicle, an EV. So they use tax incentives, taxpayer money, your money, to incentivize people to buy EVs they normally would not buy government does that with a whole lot of things with tax credits, things that they want you to do. Even if you don't want to do them, they try to give you the incentive to do them anyway. For your own good, of course. And and one of the worst things that I hear from government is, do this for your own good. Frankly, it's none of their business. If we are truly a free people with free will in a free society, it's not up to the government to tell us everything we need to do. I remember... I had this marvelous teacher in high school. We're talking over 50 years ago. I'm sure he's been long retired. He was an English teacher, and I had this unique class in my senior year where we looked at contemporary media, music, newscasts, newspapers, books, to understand the political motive that may be behind some of the stories that we are reading. Are the stories really stories of news or are they information that is propaganda? This is kind of a unique course. One that I'm sure they would never teach today in most American high schools or anywhere else in the world. It opened my eyes, my ears, my way to think. I started looking. What is the story behind many of the stories were being told? And over the years, it's become more overt, more of a controlling narrative, more of a common narrative. It has been said numerous times, and you can see it any given day on a newscast from here in the United States, whether it's CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, doesn't matter. Everybody they talk to, every correspondent uses the same identical language. It is if somebody sends an email out in the wee hours of the morning saying, these are the talking points for all the news media today, you must comply. 
and you're not allowed to think for yourself. We saw it during the COVID-19 pandemic. We saw it in the vaccine rollout. We've seen it with anybody criticizing or challenging the current narrative on virtually anything, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's Joe Biden's mental health, doesn't make any difference. There is an echo chamber of media trying to convince you that you're not seeing what you're seeing. And there are many people that have given themselves over to mass delusion to believe a lie. They believe the economy is great. Life couldn't be better. Racial problems are just vanishing because of die, you know, because of die, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity. We're fixing all the world's problems. We're going to solve inflation by getting after the potato chip manufacturer that took a couple of potato chips out because of inflation so the price of the package wouldn't go up. If that's the biggest thing that the president of the United States has to worry about, he's not doing a very effective job. That's the least of my worries, losing a couple of potato chips in a bag. I would like the entire inflation situation under control and the first way to get that under control is to stop uncontrolled government spending that is just putting us deeper and deeper into a debt we can never pay we've been kicking this can down the road in my lifetime the debt used to be measured in the billions of dollars then it hit a trillion then it hit five trillion then 10 then 20 now we're 34 trillion and rising it could be 50 trillion dollars in no time. That's a debt we can't pay. And the world doesn't want to buy it. Governments need more control of you to keep doing what they do best. Feathering their own nest. I've come to the point, and I hate to be this way, that I have a an increasing distrust of virtually all politicians. All of them. I don't care if there's an R or a D or an I or whatever after their name here in the United States. We know the Democrats are just open about what they want. They want total control of your life, the way you live, how you live, what you drive, what you can eat, where you can live, how much you can make, how much minimum you should make. And they want you ever dependent upon them for your substance and ability to live. That's control. The Republicans are just Democrat light for the most part. Many of them are phony conservatives. They, they talk a great game at election time, then stab you in the back during the time they're in office it's until it's time to raise money and run again. And they hope you forget that they sold you out. They hope you forget that they voted with Democrats on things that negatively impacted your life. It never impacts their life. I mentioned just the other day, and I know it may not mean much to some of the listeners overseas, but here in the United States, we are moving toward this state-run health care. It's been done incrementally. While Bernie Sanders would like to have it done yesterday, it's being done incrementally and people just don't see it. Obamacare that was passed in 2009 started to come into play in 2010. Nancy Pelosi saying we have to pass the bill before you can find out what's in it. I think we should have found out what was in it before you pass the bill. But once again, you are dealing with a mentally 
unstable politician who have sold their souls to Satan himself. And I can assure you they have. There is no honesty or decency in any of them. They want control of your life. It's a power play. And there's something about the temptation that Satan gives to be a person of influence, wealth, and power that these individuals can never turn down. And they need big bucks to run their campaigns. Your best interest is seldom at the heart of most large government agencies. Their self-interest is. How many grants can we get? How much more money can we get? How much more tax money will the county commission give this particular department? Because we're so important, you understand. And we all need raises. We all need better benefits. We all need more days off. That's how government works. The incentivization to make you comply. I know that in the United Kingdom, in Europe, in Canada, they're moving, and in Australia, they're trying to gradually move the big cities into the concept of the 15-minute city with everybody in an EV. By the way, you hear people all the time talk about how much money they save on gasoline with their EV and it's how cheap it is to run. And with a tax incentive, whatever. Yeah, I get it. It is rather cheap to run an EV until you have to change the batteries. But the one thing a person in an EV is not paying is road taxes. Those that are driving gasoline or diesel-powered vehicles pay a road use tax with every gallon they buy or every liter in Canada. You're paying a road tax. When are they going to start charging those that ride around in an EV? A road tax. They're going to have to. EVs are generally heavier than their comparable gasoline-powered car or the ICE, the internal combustion engine. How are they going to do that? They're going to track every mile you drive and bill you accordingly so many cents per mile. And trust me, in time, your savings will gradually get wiped out. A lot of these free charging stations may not be as free anymore. And the actual unsubsidized price will become a real factor when you charge up your car. And like I say, the batteries that that come from China. I know that Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, can't wait to get an EV battery plant located east of Atlanta off I-20, not far from a little town called Madison, Georgia. Beautiful little town. And you have to wonder what kind of an impact, both positive and negative, such a major plant is going to have. But they want you in that EV where they can track everywhere you go, every mile you drive and charge you accordingly, then eventually say, you know, because of climate change, you understand climate change, we're changing the climate, it's CO2, it's this, it's that, it's the other, and it's a a constantly changing narrative because they don't know what they're talking about. It used to be the world's going to freeze, then it's going to be global warming, now it's just the all-inclusive climate change, whatever it is, it's climate change. And it's going to destroy the earth if we don't fix climate change tomorrow. What's going to destroy the earth is if we don't get rid of some of these politicians at the next election. That's the real danger that we face is the political class that tries to rule the world. 
and those other shadowy figures in the background that are really pulling the strings at the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and many other organizations. That's the danger we face. Increasing control. Remember, it was not that long ago, the lockdowns, and we'll talk about that, for the coronavirus and how it impacted people's lives. We talked about it yesterday, and I've got something else that I want to share on today's program. I ran into this story, and and this is from the United States, but I think that it's something that no matter where in the world you live, you need to, to read this and hear this. This is some scary stuff. Under the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, we have a right of privacy to our papers and our personal possessions. And the government can't just jump through the door, knock it down, and demand to see our stuff without a proper warrant, without a probable cause, without a a distinct reason. That is a violation of the Constitution. But the FBI, which is now a scuzzy, disgusting, evil organization founded and run initially by a transvestite and now run by a buffoon, the FBI, they've done great things in the past, but the upper floor management all needs to go. Everyone needs to be fired that's there and possibly prosecuted for what they're doing in denying you your constitutional rights. Let me share this story. Not long ago, the FBI raided 700 safe deposit boxes in Beverly Hills, California. The FBI opened and searched through the contents of every single box, regardless of whether there was any probable cause or a warrant or anything or any clue that any individual had even committed any kind of a crime. The FBI even attempted to confiscate anything worth more than $5,000 through the civil asset forfeiture proceeding. In other words, they wanted to steal your stuff. They wanted to keep the money. Again, this was regardless of whether there was any evidence of any wrongdoing by any individual or any of the box holders. And so what we have is just another indication that the FBI is totally corrupt, totally out of control, and needs to have its entire management just just fired and thrown out. They need to be gone. And then make sure that those that are still there, if it's worth keeping, will uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and the rights of the citizens and realize they're employees of the citizens not some shadow government. Now, it's just one agency, the FBI. There's about 15 other agencies in the federal government that are equally as corrupt, evil, and disgusting, and dangerous. Now, one of the things that I've been troubled with for years, and I, I'm very concerned about this asset forfeiture without due process. In other words, you're suspected of a crime. I mean, there's been stories about people that went to their bank, took out a large sum of cash to make a large purchase, and then they get stopped for speeding and they get their cash confiscated because, well, maybe it's drug money. Maybe it's illegal. Then you have to spend money and lawyers to get your own money back. And there's nothing you can do. 
This, if, if you know a politician in the Congress or the Senate, and they will not work to pass a bill to completely stop this, then you have a, a crummy, garbage politician that, that is just could care less about you. These laws have got to be stricken from the books. They are a tempting way to steal. The law is dead in this country. We've seen it. The, the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland is no longer a Department of Justice. It's a Department of Disgust. And, and Merrick Garland is the epitome of how it's Hitler-esque. This is Stalinistic. This is just unheard of. The things that they are doing, the founding fathers would vomit. The federal government is now controlled by a bunch of Jacobins. They're inclined to use lawfare against citizens or politics. Anybody that doesn't share their view, they come after you. If you're a pro-lifer, they'll come to your door with 20 long guns, but they'll let the guy from Antifa that burned down a building just go scot-free. The incentive for the FBI and many sheriff's offices and even local police departments around the United States is tempting. They can augment their budgets with the stolen cash, stolen cars, stolen merchandise, stolen gold and silver without due process. And I'm telling you, this is a dangerous precedent being set here in the United States. These agents feel like they're a protected class. You can't touch them. They take your money, then you got to find more money to fight back. And it's not easy. People have lost their life savings and they've done no wrong. And there's nothing they can do to fight back. The amount of getting it back sometimes exceeds the amount that was stolen by the government. This is the kind of nonsense that happened in Russia in 1917, Germany, 1933, Cuba, 1959, the Vietnamese in 75, Rhodesia in 79, and on on it goes, Venezuela. When these governments become so corrupt and you become their slaves, and they have to control what you do, something has got to be done. I, I fear for my nation. I fear, like with the coronavirus, it was used to see how far they could go and how much they could get away with. It was a test run. We now know that since 2014, the CIA and other agencies have been in Ukraine. They upset a, a well, they didn't like the results of an election, so they staged a coup. And then in countries like Ukraine, they had bio labs to do coronavirus experiments illegally. That's our CIA working for you, friends. They can't be trusted. People like Brenner and Clapper and others, these are some of the most evil globalists on the planet. They should be denied any access in the future if Trump should get back into office to any classified information and what they've been doing needs to be investigated. The 51 that lied about the Hunter Biden laptop, and that was when they knew it was true. They just didn't want Trump to win, so they lied. They, they, they literally committed perjury to the American people. Oh, it's Russian disinformation when it was an actually, it was a basically a drunk or high or 
compromised Hunter Biden leaves a laptop and never picks it up and it becomes the repair shop property after so many days of it being repaired and you don't pay for it. That is the law. Nobody stole anything. And the contents have been revealing of how corrupt the Biden family is. And that's what we face in our world today. There was a time that I was proud to be an American. There was a time that I felt this sense of awe looking at an American flag waving in the wind or a parade or a special event, the 4th of July. I can remember the bicentennial, 1976, proud to be an American. Today, I'm ashamed to be an American. I'm ashamed of my government. Look at the freak show that is, is the White House. It is an absolute freak show. These are the most mentally unstable individuals, and I think some of them are demonically possessed, including the President of the United States. Either it's dementia or, or demonic possession. Take your choice. He's an evil person with an evil wife and a bunch of evil puppet masters that are just committing elder abuse. The man was a serial liar for his entire career in the United States Senate and, and as vice president. He's never had a real job in his life. And he is the best we have out of 330 million Americans. That's the best we can do. And then it's all diversity, inclusion, and equity that they use to, to die for to fill up the White House with a freak show of gays, transvestites, transgenders, uh, gender neutral, uh, non-binary, whatever. Whatever weirdness they can find, That's those are the ones that rise to the top. And if you're incapable of doing your job like the press secretary, hey, then you're in charge of it. The White House is a freak show. The Democrat Party is sold out. And half of the Republican Party just play the game of loyal opposition. We're in a bunch of hurt. And I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I believe 2024 is a year of opportunity. The Biden administration will have to pretend they're doing something about the border crisis. They'll have to pretend they're doing something about the inflation their very policies caused. And the damage to the economy and people's families, their jobs, everything. They're trying to run from their record temporarily. And if they get back into power, they'll go right back to business as usual. It'll only get worse. You need to ask yourself if you're an American citizen and you're eligible to vote. Are you going to vote? And are you just going to go by the party line? Or are you going to get involved in primaries and start demanding from those that represent you? And remember, in the House of Representatives, you are the boss. They are the employee. It is not the other way around. You are not a servant to your congressman. Your congressman is a servant of you. And it's about time they started acting like it and behaved like it and did their job the way the Constitution intended The size of the federal government here in the United States is probably 50 times bigger than the Founding Fathers ever inclined it to be. There is way too much power. And when the 16th and 17th Amendment came along, it entrenched that power. And after 100 years, it is now controlling your income, your life, too much of your life. 
I want to share something in a, in a moment. We need to take a break. To remind you of one of the biggest weapons government has is fear. Keeping you in fear. We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Now, I've got a question for you. We are back on WTWW. Do you think we should stay there on 5085 kilohertz? It's not It's not inexpensive. We just sent a check off that was rather large, which pretty much is wiping out our resources going forward. So we're going to have to use this time over the next couple of weeks to regroup and decide if we're going to continue doing this or not. I can't continue to be on WTWW without an increase in the amount of revenue that Truth to Ponder receives. I don't get paid to do this radio program. We pay for radio airtime. We have a substantial investment in WRMI. And now we're adding the one at WTWW. If you believe in our mission and ministry, if you think we should stay on the air, if you think maybe we should even add a daytime in the afternoon, Eastern time, or or maybe, you know, mid-afternoon, Eastern, around noon or so, Pacific. Let me know your thoughts. And if you can, go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. At our website, there is a tab for support. And from that tab for support, you can see Give, Send, Go, we use them. They've been wonderful to deal with. We've had zero trouble with them since the very beginning. We don't use PayPal because I don't trust them. Or, if you prefer, make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. Once again, make the check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. Zip code 24319. Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Law of the King coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. We're receiving a special free gift you're going to get in a moment. In James 2.8, love your neighbor as yourself is called the royal command, the royal law. Do to others as you would have to yourself. Why is it royal? Why is it the royal law? Why? Well, it's a law that's royal because it's the law of the royal one. It's God's own law. It's a law that God himself followed. Think about it. What's the gospel? It's God manifesting the royal law. He looked at us with love. He said, if I were them, what would I need? I would need healing. I'd need salvation. I'd need this. God was our neighbor in the universe and he loved us as his neighbor. He loved you with all his life, his heart, his soul. He gave himself for you. He put himself in your shoes. He loved you as himself. He's the king of the universe. How awesome. So it's the highest, most royal, most majestic law, the law of the king. And the more you live by it, the more royal your life is going to become. 
So as he did for you, do for others. As he loved you, love them. As he put himself in your place, put yourself in their place. As he lowered himself to raise you up, lower yourself to raise them up. Ask, what would I need if I were them? And then give it to them. Because this is the royal law, the law of the king of the universe. And those who live by it will be blessed by the king and their lives, their souls, their heart, their journey, everything in their life, everything in your life, my friend, will become royal. Want more? Ask for The Royal Law on CD. Now, the free gift for you, the most incredible, awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You're going to love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God, all free. How do you get it free? Easy. Just write down the real name of Jesus, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So to receive your free gifts, just call one 800 Yeshua 1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. I invite you to join me in blessing the greatest blessing, to bring the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world. Salvation to five continents is amazing. You want your life to impact the world? Listen, this is going to be the farthest way ever. Touch the lost through shortwave radio. Amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, live royal, my friend. Shalom Lechem, peace be to you in Messiah, Melech Hamalchim, the king of all kings. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I am your host, Bob Bierman. We spent some time talking about the growth of government and how much government demands obedience from you. They're no longer your employee. They want you to be their slave. We learned a lot during the pandemic, and I mentioned on yesterday's program, for those that hear the program Monday through Friday, about the 15 days to flatten the curve. Remember that? It's coming up in about two weeks and a couple of days will be the anniversary of the two weeks to flatten the curve, which became, or 15 days to flatten the curve that became 15 weeks, 15 months, and on and on it went. In February, and I'm going back about four years ago, in February of 2020, I got a phone call asking me if I would consider coming out of retirement to help an emergency management agency. I've mentioned that a number of times in the program. And the Sunday before I left, I had the opportunity to preach at a church. And the Lord just laid on my heart this idea of fear not. Fear not. So I want to take you back four years ago, and this was my thoughts at that time four years ago. And tell me, when you listen, did what I say then pan out to be somewhat true today? I went into fighting this pandemic, so to speak, with an open mind, an open heart, with a desire to do the right thing. This was all new territory for all of us. We did I didn't know. 
But it became obvious early on something did not smell right. Something about this was just corrupt and evil. And after a short amount of time, I realized I I couldn't stay on doing this in a good conscience. And that's what led to developing this daily radio program, Truth to Ponder. Back in the end of February of 2020 and going into March, a lot of people were scared about this virus. And yet the Lord laid on my heart these words, fear not. For those that love the Lord, fear not. So let's go back to the last Sunday of February in 2020 for that message. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of hearing your word, studying your word, may you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, but most important, our hearts to receive that which you have for us. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm glad to see you here today. Has anybody by chance watched the news at all, or are we kind of out of it and we just ignore it? A little of both. I'm seeing something in my lifetime that I don't think has been around since the Second World War. This fear in the hearts of people. There are two words that Jesus says over and over and over again to his own disciples who follow him, who should know better than most. What are those two words? Fear not. Fear not. Whether you're out on the water, fear not. Whatever this world brings to us, fear not. This is the lesson of Scripture, to fear not. Now, obviously in our human nature, that's easier said than done. I have watched for several weeks, as all of you have, as this crisis, I guess, that is sweeping the land has driven people to fear everything. People are fearing the Lord's body and blood. My God, I might get something. If Jesus is truly present, I have a hard time believing that. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He has been an emergency manager for a long, long time. I worked for him for about five years. He called me up last night. And we chatted about what's going on in this world today and how their community up in North Carolina, if anybody knows where Asheville and Buncombe County is, he started telling me all the things that they're doing. He said, basically it's what you and I did back with the N1H1 all over again. He said, how would you like to make some extra money? I said, how's that? Um, I kind of need you up here. Would you want to come up to North Carolina in about a week or two and spend a month up here to run the emergency operations center? I said, yeah, why not? For that kind of money? 
Why not? We are preparing for what we, in our minds, for the maximum of maximums. That's a term that Fred Fugate, the former head of FEMA, once said. We prepare for the maximum of maximums. We hope that they never occur. I never thought in my 65 years that I would see the price of two rolls of Charmin being worth more than crack cocaine on the street. But we've come to this point of fear. We've lost rationality, and many live in fear. Of course, I'm going to take precautions. We should all take precautions every flu season, though many don't, which is why many get the flu to begin with. We are probably seeing a lot of young teenagers wash their hands for the very first time on a regular basis because they don't want to come down with this. My heart shares this message with you today. Listen, trust, and fear not. You know, even the disciples after Jesus' ascension that ministered all over the known world they gave their life for the cause of Christ, yet they feared not. Martin Luther, in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, alludes to the fact it's not what somebody can do to your body, it's what the enemy can do to steal your soul that you must remember. Fear not in this transient life. Today we heard a reading from the book of Psalms, one of my favorites, and those that remember the old liturgy of morning prayer or in some churches matins, how often did we sing this, come let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. You, you hear all these words and normally we stop the music halfway into verse 7 for he is our God, and we are the sheep of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And I think a lot of people think that's the entire summation of the 95th Psalm. But it didn't end there, and we didn't end it there today. The other half of verse 7. Today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. The psalmist is referring to what we saw in our Old Testament lesson. We have no water. We're thirsty. We want something to drink. The children of Israel leaving Egypt has always been a fascinating study for me. For quite a long time, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, was held in captivity as slaves in the country of Egypt. And they mourned and they cried to be released from this bondage. Get us out of Egypt. We are tired of the slave labor. 
We are tired of being whipped. We are tired of being oppressed. We are tired of living in fear. And God sends them a Moses to lead them out of captivity, to lead them out of bondage. And we see the hand of God in miracle after miracle preparing them to be released from the bondage of Egypt. And eventually, after the Passover, Pharaoh relents and off they go, though they were pursued. God parted the water for them to escape and then drowned the horsemen in the sea. Remember that psalm, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. Yet the children of Israel, after seeing all that God could do, what did they do for the next 40 straight years? They complained, they murmured, they failed to trust. You know why they had to be in the wilderness for 40 years? So every one of the ones that left Egypt would be dead and only their descendants would arrive. God had to purge the unbelief out of his own people in the desert. You know how many miles it is from where they were in Egypt to the promised land? That's the longest 35-mile journey ever known to mankind being wandered around the desert. 40 years. They made it roughly 40 miles. It wasn't a long trip. Remember, Mary and Joseph made the trip from Jerusalem in a, in a couple of days with that donkey. They were blinded in the wilderness and didn't know where they were for 40 years. Even after everything that God had done, Moses strikes the rock, there's water. We have no food, there's manna. Boy, the onions back in Egypt sound good. Shut up. There are two words that God said to his people in those 40 years over and over and over again. Those are don't murmur. Don't complain and talk to me under your breath. I am the Lord your God who has delivered you out of the Pharaoh's hand of Egypt after how many years of bondage? They didn't even remember a time in their history that they were free. It had been so long. Yet God performs miracles and they still complained. They still looked unto their own personal needs and their own personal desires and their own personal fears. That's why they wanted to go back to Egypt. You have brought us out into this desert. We have nothing. We have no food. We have no water. We have no, no, we, we. Let's go back to Egypt. We had food there. So we had to work a little. Notice how the mind forgets. 
Not long ago, I did a radio show, and I'm talking about how our minds deceive us, how we think how great things were back in 1973 or 1971. And you think of the music, the people, oh, it was just great. And then if you really search your memory banks, you suddenly remember all the things that went wrong, all the difficulties you faced, friendships that fell apart. We conveniently forget the bad and remember the good. The good old days were not necessarily all that good. They were like any other day, filled with good, bad, indifferent. In these days, weeks, and months ahead, we will see this crisis pass. We're not all going to die. And even if we did, if we trust Jesus as our Savior, peace be unto us, for he is with us. Jesus told his disciples as he left this earth, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of this age, this world, this time, this understanding that we live in. For see, God is not confined. This is a discussion I've had with a number of people, my wife included. We have to recognize something about the sovereignty of God. He's not trapped in the, in the dynamics we understand and the dimensions in which we live. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow are all in his hand. For he dwells in all of it. He transcends our time and our space. And we have a hard time in our human mind understanding what that means. One of the things that my, our, our brethren in some churches miss when it comes to communion, and it took me a while to wrap my head around it when I was studying for the diaconate. Even though I had always talked about the real presence in the communion service, it finally dawned on me when I finally understood the word used in Scripture for do this in remembrance of me, anamatesis, which means bringing the things of the past into the present as in real time. That's kind of a hard concept. We say it in our prayer every Sunday here, and those not yet here. We're not talking about those that should be here that live in Port St. Lucie or Stewart. We're talking about those not even born yet that'll be a part of Christ's triumphant church. Those not even here yet. We're praying for those that haven't even been born yet. And in our communion, we are drawn into this momentary dynamic that God lives in, that transcends all time and all space. We commune with all the believers from the beginning until the end of this age. And we don't realize it. That psalm, that psalm, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Forty years ago, I was grieved with this generation, and I said, 
It is a people that do err in their hearts. They err in their heart. You know, poor Israel, given for our example, they had this bad habit of being blessed so much by God than taking him thoroughly for granted, forgetting all about all the things he has done. And they cease to worship and give him praise and honor and glory that he is due. And God, in his mercy and in his sovereignty, obliges them. Fine. You do it your way. I'm going to go over here for a season. And with that hand of protection gone, they keep getting enslaved. You want to be in bondage to your sin? Let me show you what bondage really feels like. These days and weeks ahead, for many will be a challenge. Many are afraid. I get it. I understand it. And I get to help alleviate fears if I get called and head up to North Carolina for a season to help be a public information officer to get information out and hopefully stop the panic a little bit. They say they want to flatten this curve. I get it. In other words, instead of having it spike and a lot of people having it all at once, they want to flatten that curve where less will be exposed. And I think that all the dramatic measures we're taking, we haven't seen these kind of measures since 1918 being taken with a medical problem. It's been a long time. And we'll get through it like we do every year. I will not live in fear. That's just me. I believe what God's Word says. That's why I'm here. I asked the question yesterday, are we meeting or not? Not that I wanted to not. I just wanted to know if anybody else was going to be here or not. I'm happy to be here. One of my favorite hymns, which is really for the transfiguration, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here. Thy glory fills this place." We are here in His presence and in His glory because this is the real hospital we need for ourselves and our lives and our spirit to be in this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we could gather here in your word, in this place. Lord, I understand the fear that many have in their hearts. It's not easy, especially when you're being bombarded day in and day out. I understand. Lord, I pray that the comfort of your Holy Spirit abide in each and every one of us. Let us be practical. Let us be, as you teach us, to be reasoned. But most important, to be trusting. Help us to trust and obey what you call us to faithfully do each and every week. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your
It's amazing how many things have occurred in the past four years since that message was first preached. I don't consider myself a prophet, but I just felt the confidence of fear not. The one thing I fear the most today, sadly, is not a virus. It's the government that created it and the government that tailored a response to control people. And that's just an honest fact. We as Christians need to learn what the Bible teaches to fear not. Too many Christians are fearful. Too many Christians listen to what the world has to say and they shut their ears to what God is trying to tell them. God does not want you to be afraid. He wants you to put your trust in Him. He wants you to surrender yourself to Him and allow Him to control the many circumstances of your life. Are you ready to make that commitment today? We've been through a lot of fearful situations these past four years, whether it's a pandemic, the politics, things that are going on today, inflation, instability in Ukraine, in the Middle East, all over the world. And those that seek control increasingly over every aspect of your life. You can either give into the fear, listen to the propaganda, and do as you're told, or do what the Bible tells you to do to be an overcomer, to be ready for the things that are coming, to stand boldly on God's Word. And that's what I pray that you will do today. We're back on WTWW, and in order to stay there, we're going to need your help moving forward. We're on WRMI. We're on as a podcast. And this is an incredible opportunity to reach even more people using WTWW. Now, I don't charge for my my labor. I give my time. But if you would consider today for the first time making a gift to this ministry, it is much appreciated to stay on WTWW. If you would, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. We use Give, Send, Go. Or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, zip code 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. And once again, I remind you to fear not, put your trust into an almighty God. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.